from Relay FM. This is Upgrade, episode 143. Today's show is brought to you by Encapsula, Mac Weldon, and Flo. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Big day, Jason Snell. Huge day, Mike. Huge, Huge. day. Could not be bigger. One of the most important episodes of the year because today is the second annual Upgrade WWDC Draft. Where on today's show, me and Jason will be making our picks, our prediction picks for what is going to happen next week on stage. Oh, yeah. WWDC. So, Jason, today our hashtag SnellTalk question actually came from me in honor of the draft. <laughs> Cheating. Okay. Jason. I was hoping somebody would ask this question, but nobody did, so I'm asking it myself. Jason, what is your favorite thing to draft? Probably the TV character draft we did on The Incomparable, where we were supposed to draft characters from any television show or anything on television ever and create an ensemble, which we then um, put into a TV show that we devised. Because, of course, the greatest single draft pick in the history of drafting things was on that episode which was uh, steve lutz picking skeletor so that was an very important draft in more broadly stupid things <laughs> that's my, my favorite of course the unspoken rule of that question was not to say uh, wwdc picks because naturally uh, yeah. jason would have said that if that was available to him because that nope. is what we're doing today <laughs> um i want to run through there are rules so we've been doing these drafts for a year it started last year at wwdc 2016 where we thought for fun that we would just give this a, give it a draft. Rather than doing a predictions episode, like you'll be hearing on many of your favorite shows this year where people talk about their predictions, me and Jason put up a list of predictions for each other. We asked for the help of the Upgradians. And we will be picking these predictions that we will then score on next week's episode live from San Jose, California, broadcasting shortly after the event. So... Yeah. I would like to go through the rules, Jason Snell, that we have uh, accumulated over the last year. You gotta year. have rules. You gotta, gotta have, have rules, rules, Mike. There will be 10 rounds, 20 overall picks. We get 10 picks It's a lot each. of rounds. It's a lot of rounds, but there's a lot to pick from. We have like something like 40 rumors that we're picking from from our master list. And keeping, keeping in mind that by doing this, what we've done is we've spread out the... Uh, we've broken down all the things that we think are possible announcements... Yep. Instead of what we could have done, which was an incredibly boring episode where I draft a new version of iOS and you draft a new version of macOS and I drive and I draft a new version of tvOS, et cetera, et cetera. We've by by doing uh, ten rounds and breaking things down much smaller. It's a lot. Uh, it, there, there's a lot more room for uh, strategy mm-hmm. and room for us to be right and wrong, which means that I think it'll be more interesting to tally in the end. And this was uh, encapsulated in one rule, which is no points are awarded for pre-announced or ridiculously obvious items like iOS 11 announced, which I think was something that was was said in the earlier um, in the earlier drafts. Like for example, in, one, in our September iPhone event draft, I think new iPhone announced was one of the potential options. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> overall, that's probably not for the best. Probably not. The winner of the previous draft gets to go first, and that is Jason. I was going to say, do you do you want it to be the winner of the previous draft, or should it be the winner of the overall winner for the previous year? Oh, it doesn't matter. They're both me. 2016's results. I won the first draft, <laughs> WWE 2016. Uh, Jason claimed that he was playing for fun not to win that year, so then he proved that by winning the September event, which is the iPhone event, the October MacBook event as well, becoming the overall 2016 champion. So Jason took home uh, the trophy 
for the first year. So he will be picking first today. To be fair, you're the WWDC champion, so you've got that going. You could say you're the reigning champion of this draft if you want. This to. specific, this very specific draft, I am for a second annual, champion. yeah, mm-hmm. second annual. For an item to count in the draft, it must either be clearly announced on stage or p- presented on a slide during the presentation. Right. Imagine yourself sitting in the con- in the keynote room. Knowing nothing, you've been teleported there, having been in a media blackout, and then you watch the entire presentation, and then you disappear again to return home, and and what do you know at that point? If it's, oh, but on their website it says this, or, oh, didn't you see they put out a press release that said that, or, oh, they made this statement in an exclusive story that posted earlier that morning or later last night. Uh, that they're going to do this. That doesn't count. Nope. They have to. They Now, if they do that and then they mention it on stage, even in passing, it can count. Mm-hmm. But what it needs to not be is something that happens outside of the actual stage performance of the keynote of WWDC. Very well put. Uh, we will be having an adjudicator, an independent adjudicator, uh, Mr. Stephen Hackett, <laughs> uh-huh. um, yep. in case of a scoring stalemate between the two of us. So we do prefer to score this ourselves and come to an agreement on points ourselves. But when we can't, we refer to our outside help, which would be Stephen Hackett. Yeah. We wanted to specify this because last time, I believe, Stephen wanted to score something differently than both of us did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like, wait, 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 wait. That's not how this works. <laughs> you don't have that power. Only if we give you that power. So, so yes, we will try to we will try to work things out amongst ourselves before resorting to the, the court system, it, which is Stephen Hack. I have instituted a new rule for 2017. Mm-hmm. No half points. It's a tough. It's tough, but I think I think we have to do it. I think it's okay. I think yep. basically we will. The debate will be: does it does it uh, does it touch enough on the thing for mm-hmm. it to count? Yep. And my inclination is to make that more expansive. Like you know, if you said it'll do X, and they said, well, it's got this thing that is X, and it also does this other thing. You know, we'll debate: is that enough? Mm-hmm. And I think generally, if it's uh, if it's close, then we'll give it to you. But that's going to be the debate. No, no fractional point stuff. The last point is to our dear upgradians. The points that we award on the episode are final. It doesn't matter if you believe that we should be point like scored differently, and we do encourage you to play along. And you can give your feedback during the, event, the show, yes. during the event, before the show. There will be in the show notes, you will find a scorecard that we'll be pre- preparing for you. But whatever points we award on the show are final. That is, that is how yes. this is going to work. So, absolutely, we have draft rounds one to five coming up just after we take a moment to thank our friends over at Encapsula for supporting this week's show. They are the multifunction content delivery network that boosts the performance of your website, protects it from denial of service attacks, and secures it from bad guys whilst ensuring high availability. All you have to do is make a small change to your DNS to activate Encapsula. You don't need to, to install any hardware. You don't need to install any software. It is ready to go whenever you are. You just need to make that small change. Once you do, you will have access to Encapsula's global network of 30 data centers with 3 terabits of bandwidth. This network stops attack traffic, makes sure that denial of service attacks never hits your servers, and caches your content as well to make sure that your content loads lightning fast and that people visiting your website would never even know something was going wrong. You can go and try out Encapsula for free today for one whole month because you listen to this show. Just go to Encapsula.com upgrade. That's I-N-C. 
APSULA.com slash upgrade. You'll find out more about Encapsula's service here and also claim your free month. Thank you so much to Encapsula for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Jason Snell. Okay. Give me your number one draft pick. All right, my first pick in the WWDC 2017 draft is well, it's a developer conference and so a lot of the things are going to be announced are going to be pitched toward developers they're going to be about new features or enhanced features in the base operating systems so when i was thinking what's what's something that i think is very because we're, we're down at the feature level here, right? So it's what features do I think Apple's going to introduce or enhance in a new version? And so for my first selection, I'm going to say a major enhancement to SiriKit Ooh. in iOS. Ooh, that's a good one to begin with. So SiriKit was introduced last year, and it allows third-party apps to get their hooks into Siri and make connections so that you can control data and apps from Siri that are outside of Siri's base universe. And when Apple introduced them, they introduced a base set of Siri Kit extensions to do things like tie into uh, what 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 is it like ride sharing? Uh, you can send money, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's there's a but very limited. Mm-hmm. And at the time, our analysis was very much. This is a nice start. There's stuff that's obviously missing, like music or audio things, like t- tell it to play a podcast in Overcast or play music in Spotify. You can't do that. And at the time, the analysis was really, look, Apple's getting their feet wet here. They're starting this this path. There will be more to come. So I think this year we're going to get some more Siri kit. I think that Apple wants to lean in further into Siri, and they're going to do it at WWDC. And one of the ways they're going to do it is by adding a bunch of stuff to yep. Siri. Kit. Yeah, this is a this is a good pick. Um, simply because maybe of everything, like rumor or not, maybe conjecture, this is the one that if they don't do, I think would be probably the biggest glaring omission, right? Like I know it that would be a really want there to be iPad stuff, right? But Siri is AI and computer learning and voice assistance, and that's where most of Apple's competitors are moving today. So having nothing new in that area. I think would be a big miss for them. Also, I think you can uncouple it from rumors entirely. If I had walked out of the keynote last year and you had said, what's the one thing that you would expect would be in the announcements the following year mm-hmm. based on what you heard today, I think I would say more Siri kit because that it was clear at that time that this is an important direction for Apple and this is just a first step. And now sometimes Apple gets you because they take the first step and you think, well, obviously the next step is coming. And then like with the, a lot of the iOS features in iOS 9, then nothing happens. But I, I, I've got to think that Siri is so strategically important for Apple yep. that uh, expanding Siri Kit is going to be a uh, a huge deal for them. Well, I remember us talking about it last year, and you know, saying like, "Why are no audio playing apps in this and stuff like that?" Like, I remember yep. us talking about it and being like, "That's surely coming later," and that's the type of thing that we would expect next week. I don't want to commit my pick to like audio in particular, but I think I can back it out and just say, look, they're going to add a bunch of stuff to Siri kit to make Siri more valuable. They're going to say here are two or three or four, whatever more things that it can do, hopefully including audio stuff, um, whether it's like podcasts and, uh, and, and music so that you can control any, your favorite music player and who knows what else they'll, they'll add in there, but let's, uh, let's get there. 
my first draft pick um, is something that I really, really want um, and have high hopes that Apple will be able to deliver, especially if they're going to go down the route that we're hoping that they will go. And even from the sense of as your first pick, like a, this is a developer conference, I think a really good thing for developers would be to show them where Apple's moving and some stuff that they want them to look at. One, so my first pick is going to be a redesigned iPad split view. So the yep. the, the multitasking switcher of the iPad, um, it has brought the iPad on leaps and bounds for a lot of people. It was it was the ability to be able to view two iPad apps side by side that brought people like me and you to the iPad as like a real productivity tool. I think Apple is more than aware of this. They put a lot of time and effort into the iPad Pro as a product. Um, they continue, even in the, 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 the light of poor sales on the iPad, to talk about the product as, as if it's very important to them, remains to be very important to them. And I really do believe that two years removed from this feature coming into place, that we're going to see stuff like this this year. And they will want to show it off at the developer conference to really hammer home the idea of people putting their time into building professional productivity apps for the iPad and showing a redesigned split view will, I think, really underscore that as, as a very important part because that is one of the things that makes the iPad Pro a very productive machine. Yeah. Well, and going back to last year, we had a lot of uh, disappointment, I think, among people who were hoping that Apple would keep its forward momentum with iOS 9, adding these features for the iPad, and were disappointed it didn't it didn't happen. And then there was a lot of talk last year about how Apple Apple's plan, the rumblings were to do an update midstream that would add more iPad stuff, and that didn't happen either. So um, I think this is a good choice because I think um, I have a hard time I'm going to be really blunt here and say if Apple doesn't address these iPad features uh, at WWDC in iOS 11, basically, I have a hard time seeing why Apple is even bothering with the iPad. Like if you show no software commitment, why, mm-hmm. why are you even making this product? If you if you can't commit to, to continue pushing this product forward and making it a future, you know, the computer of the future for you, why are you wasting your time? Just drop it and and start updating the Mac because you, you can't you, uh, your your story about trying to make the iPad the computer of the future only works if you will commit any software resources to yep. adding stuff for it. So I think I think they got to do stuff, and this is the most glaring. Again, sort of like what I was saying about SiriKit, it's the kind of thing where they introduce it and you immediately know that it needs to be better than it is. And that was two years ago now that they introduced it. So it's got to be there. This was my number two on my list. So I I think it is a good pick. Thank you. Very good pick. You're up. All right. Um, My second pick, I know this seems a little weird, but it seems like such a an obvious feature that doesn't currently exist. And it seems like uh, we, when we were making our, our lists, trying to come up with what the Mac features would be. <laughs> I had nothing. Was hard. I had nothing. It was, we were grinding to try kind of do it. And this is a, this is a follow on. So last year, Mac OS Sierra introduced Siri support. And I keep thinking again, what is step two? What what you take one of the ways you look at what they're going to do this year is to try to imagine sort of what did they do last year and what would they push forward in those areas in year two? What would those be? And so um, thinking that Siri and HomeKit may be very important strategic areas for Apple going forward, 
I think one of the glaring deficiencies in Siri on the Mac is that it has no support for HomeKit. If you ask it to do things using HomeKit, it says, I can't do that here, which is infuriating. So I think I have to select Mac support for HomeKit as my uh, second selection. Hmm. I struggle with this one, Jason. I, I see your point. Right, that this is a uh, this is a big product line for them, right? Like they people people have them in their homes. I I just don't know if the Mac is a, a product that on its own needs it, right? So like in Apple's world, my thought would be, oh, you just talk to the device on your wrist or the device on your desk, which is your phone or your iPad or the device in your pocket, or our canister device. I I I don't see the the Mac. Yeah, as- but why why have Siri on the Mac at all? I mean, follow me here. Why have Siri on the Mac at all? And the answer is that what they're doing on the Mac is adding features from their re- the rest of mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. their platforms. That's sort of like what they're left with on the Mac is sort of uh, not doing a lot other than adding in the features yeah. from the other platforms. And they added Siri. So why not add in HomeKit? Yeah. Even if it doesn't make a lot of sense, it allows you to say even on the Mac you can do it. So um, that's, that's my rationale here is that it's an important feature for Apple. And when you look to the Mac, a lot of what you have to do is look to what are the iOS features and the general Apple platform features that they right. want to make sure also are on the Mac. And so here here we are. And that and that's why I think that this is a fairly um, high percentage chance just because it's important stuff and they already have Siri on the Mac. So why doesn't it already support this? So you add that in there. Maybe you add a little home app or put something in Notification Center as well. I'm not, I'm sort of envisioning this as basically just being in Siri, but it, they could have a Notification Center widget as well that lets you click lights on and off and stuff like that and why not put that on the mac i get your point right like that it doesn't matter whether it makes sense to have it on the device if it's just if you follow apple's movements and how they treat the mac now right like and it's the reason we struggled to come up with things is there isn't as much obvious stuff for the mac anymore because it's a very mature operating system and and follow me you know a lot of times people are sitting at their mac they don't have an ios device nearby they're sure. sitting on the couch and they want to turn on the light and they're sitting on using a MacBook on their lap. Like they could get up, they could buy a, potentially a, a, a lady in a canister from Apple and ask it to turn on the lights or from another vendor. Or they could just sort of swipe into Notification Center or use Siri on their Mac and say, turn on these lights. It makes sense. Again, yeah. I mean, is it earth shattering? No, but it's an obvious hole in the product line that they could fit, they could fill in an area that's important to them. So that's why I, again, I'm going for things that I think will actually be done mm-hmm. rather than totally, we'll get to the wacky stuff later, but that's my, that's, so I know not, not exciting, but still Mac support for HomeKit would be good. I think it's a logical pick, right? Like, as you said, like if you follow Apple's movements in SiriKit, HomeKit, and the the Mac in general, right? Like moving iOS features over, it makes sense. And uh, to the point of uh, somebody in our chat room whose name I can't pronounce, but I will say, uh, this person says the arbitrary divisions between iOS and macOS Siri are unnecessarily mm. confusing to consumers. Yeah, I agree. I think point. one of the issues with Siri right now is that if you use it on the watch, if you use it on iOS, if you use it on the Mac there or Apple TV, there are totally different rules yeah. yep. about what you can do on all those platforms. That's genius. And if, mm-hmm. if I were the Siri product manager at Apple, one of my goals I think would need to be that Siri everywhere behaves like Siri because Amazon's I've seen it Amazon kind of is pushing that way where if you've got a Fire TV 
you basically have an echo because you there's a voice remote and you can talk to it and it has Alexa in it. So let's, you know, let's do that with Siri. And right now it's not there. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. You know, the, the, why, why should this be a service or a system that gives you vastly different capabilities platform to platform, right. even though it's pitched as being the same thing? I mean, you get you get used to your HomeKit lights being turned on and off on your iPhone, and then mm-hmm. you're on your Mac and it's got Siri. You know that you can just do it there, right? And then it says, "Nope, <laughs> good luck, sorry, suckers." It's not good. So, yeah, that's my that's my thought. What do you have? I'm continuing my theme. Um, there have been a lot of hardware rumors for this WWDC. What what feels like uh, more than usual? Yeah, like an unpre- unprecedented might be, not be the right word, but unusual, right? Like an, there is an unusual amount. I feel the volume of hardware rumors for this event is way, is the most I've seen. Usually there are a handful, but there is a there is a there's a raft of them this time. And I think part of the reason why is because we haven't had a hardware event since October, right? Like there have been small products come out, right? Like the the cheaper iPad and stuff like that and the the, the red phone. Things have come out, but not really new hardware where we probably by this time would have seen a hardware event, like an iPad-focused event. So if there's going to be hardware, I think that the product that is most in need of a revision right now is the iPad Pro. There has not been uh, a new 12.9-inch iPad Pro uh, since September of 2015. Is that when it came out? I guess so. Uh, right? It was yeah. well. It was announced announced in September of fifteen. Shipped in like October, December. November, something like that. Yeah, later in the November, year. November, December. It was it it was later. I mean, yeah, it was it was later um, that it shipped. But yeah, that's it because that's what I have. That's mine. Is the, te- the and that's the the twelve point nine was then, and then in the spring they shipped the nine point seven. So there's been no new iPad 16. Pro since. Um, and again, I'm really uh, very, very feeling very confident, just for absolutely no reason other than just what my hopes are that this will be a heavily iPad-focused version of iOS. If that is the case, what better than to show a brand new iPad Pro? There have been rumors after rumors after rumors. It really feels like this thing is just around the corner. Why not announce it next week um, as a way to really drive home continued focus mm-hmm. on the iPad? If that's the route that they're going, this product makes a lot of sense. So my second pick is that a new iPad Pro will be announced on stage. I I love this and want this to happen. And maybe because I want this so much, I was more skeptical about whether it will happen. I realize this (laughs) says a lot about me, that my expectation Uh (laughs) is, will Apple give me what I really desperately want? Probably not. (laughs) That's right. That's why. No, they're not. They're going to. And so I think that I think the percentage chance of this, I think this could happen. I love those rumors. I want it to happen. But Apple doesn't have to announce it at WWDC. We, We last week, I think I went through the reason why they would do it. And the answer is it's a part of a larger story about their commitment to the iPad and all the iPad features that are going to be in iOS 11 and they show this product and say this is this is amazing and you as developers are going to be able to test all of our new features on it immediately when it ships that said they could also ship it later they could ship it at any time later they could yeah. they could ship it they could ship it in the summer at a separate event at a without an event they could go in the fall at the iPhone event there are so many different ways they could ship this product that's what gives me pause mm-hmm. is um the only issue and the rumors back this up is that they seem to have been making them and and or at least ramping up to make them and this is a a big event so why not 
why not release it here? Yeah. Even if you could normally give it 30 minutes in a keynote and here you can only give it 10, uh, still maybe it's the best space rather than rather than doing it. But I could see the other argument, which is let's wait and release it. Even in a press release, it'll get more press because it'll be released in a vacuum in the summertime instead of amid all of these other announcements on this day. So I could go either way on it. I want it to happen. I think you're taking a little risk in terms of winning the draft, but I can't fault you because it is something that we both want to see. It's, you know, and I said this before, um, it's where Mike was right came from. It's like my idea of that this is a product that maybe on its own won't get as much attention as if they put it with everything else, right? Like it's the, they debuted the original iPad Pro alongside the iPhone, and putting anything alongside the iPhone will be overshadowed by the iPhone, right? That is the big event. But in in the other way, like also, it brings more eyes potentially to it because everyone's got their eyes on it. And WWDC's keynote would probably have more people watching than an August yep. event. So that is a reason to do it. I agree. And I think I think you can make a really great case with this amazing hardware, how Apple's pushing the hardware forward. And here's how Apple's mm-hmm. also pushing the software forward. So I hope I hope we see it. I hope Me that's too. what we get. All right. Pick number three, Jason Snell. Okay, my third pick, I uh, wrote two books about photos. Uh-huh, <laughs> I know uh-huh. a lot about photos and photos for Mac and iCloud photo library, which means I know painfully all the things that you can't do with it. Last year, go, again, going back to last year, last year they introduced this machine learning generated metadata across uh, on your photos. So on, on Mac, for photos for Mac or iPad or iPhone, your photo library would be scanned by software and then it would say there's a dog in there or a horse or a, or a mountain or whatever, right? And of course, that's going to be improved. I suppose you could pick improving machine learning if you really wanted to, although that's not a very exciting pick. What I'm going to pick is the, again, obvious missing feature that I feel like they need to add. Right now, if you update, when everybody updated to Sierra and iOS 11 or iOS 10 on their um, devices, what happened is all of them warmed up or turn on their fans if they had fans because every device had to scan every photo separately. And the, which also leads to if they scan them differently, you get different results on different devices, which is also very weird. But it's also wasteful because you have one device that scanned your entire library and then you bring up another device. It's also going to scan its entire library. They can't share the metadata. One device can't scan it and say, OK, I figured it out. Here are the tags. Don't bother scanning this photo, which you could totally do because all the devices have access to the data in the cloud. Apple doesn't, but your devices do because that's how they share their data. So um, my prediction here is that one of the things Apple's going to add in a section about photos is this uh, syncing of learning across devices so that now when you take a picture, uh, it's scanned immediately by your phone and the, the scan data and the photo are synced across iCloud photo library. Your other devices pick it up automatically. They don't have to do anything. It just happens. Yep. And that Apple finds some way, however they do it with this, uh, what do they call it, differential privacy or something like that, uh, where they, they manage to, even though it's syncing, keep all of that completely private. Well, it's not, I mean, that, that's, no, I don't think it's related to that at all, because this, this, is, this is individual devices with encrypted access to the data. It's already, pri- this right. thing, it's already private. Apple already can't see your photos. 
unless you share them right with mm-hmm, other people. Mm-hmm. Apple, it's already encrypted. All this is doing is putting more metadata in the encryption. It's right. something they can do. Okay. It doesn't require any fancy privacy stuff because it's already part of the system of you're logged in, therefore you can have access to the encrypted data on the server and decrypt it. This is just putting more data in. And they can do it. And I think they'll do it and say, look, like I, de- like I just described, it's this amazing process where your phone scans it and does all this stuff and uploads it. And now it's automatically everywhere. Because we were in a situation where, like, l- literally you could have a computer on at home and be out in the world somewhere taking a bunch of photos. And those would... your like fan at home on your computer would come on (laughs) because a bunch of new photos came in it's like oh i gotta scan these photos so i i you know maybe not i'm taking a little bit of a gamble but i like this one because i feel like it's a missing piece that they could fix and boast about on stage and say look we 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 got it now this is even more awesome than it was before tell you what i would love to know jason like the amount of computing time wasted on looking at this data right like Everybody has multiple devices. Only one device needs to do this, but all of their devices do it. And just thinking about all of the wasted computing time in doing that for every on every single device that you have. Yeah, it's a it's it's not good, right? And I know that maybe maybe that's we should just think of that computing time as trivial. But like, if I've got a Mac with a big iCloud photo library on it and it it scans them all, why why when I it seems really dumb that then when I upgrade my phone, it gets hot and I have to leave it plugged in overnight and it just sits there warm, warm, churning through all these photos. It's, plus there's, yeah, downloading data in order to analyze the photos and I, yeah, it's just, it's dumb. I think they, it seems so obvious that my suspicion, and I don't know anything in detail about this, but my suspicion is this is one of those things that they all they knew was a feature they needed to have, and they just couldn't implement it in time to ship the product. Yep. And I'm a little surprised that it didn't come uh, sometime in the intervening time in an update, but it didn't. So it's it's right there. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about all the TV, right. huh? TVOS, Ooh. everyone. Uh, I'm going to pick for my third pick that the Amazon Prime TV application, the Amazon Prime video app, will be shown on stage um, or announced on stage as coming to the Apple TV at some point this year. So the Amazon Prime will have it. Um, I think that it's big enough for Apple to, 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 to say this, right, that they will want everyone to know that this is coming. Um, and as a way of kind of negotiating a deal between the two companies, Amazon gets a little bit of time on stage or they get a trailer of their shows shown, right? Like it's, it's good for everyone and it's a little, uh, a little slap on the back for everybody doing that deal. Great. That's, uh, I, I, as a handicapper, again, this is the thing I want to see. I do wonder if given that it's already been reported that it's happening and that this is a fraught relationship I think there's also a really good chance that it is absolutely not mentioned <laughs> but yep. I, I yeah I mean right it could be but because the, I don't know what the scope of this deal is maybe the deal is yes and we'll do a formal announcement and demo on stage and we'll reaffirm our partnership and everybody will hug and it'll be great right I mean maybe maybe it could also be like we're not going to even talk about it. <laughs> I sure, can, I can see it either way. There's also a slide, which is a very easy slide to put up when talking about tvOS, of uh, the new channels and providers coming, right? And it's just a big slide of logos, and Amazon's on it. 
like there i see a lot of scope for this to be announced right like all the way down from a logo on a slide all the way up to time on stage right um the reason i think that this would happen is that if it is happening it will be one of the biggest things to happen to tvos i i I don't think that this is the platform that's going to get an absolute ton of stuff devoted to it and this would be a quick win for tvOS, which is something that looks like an improvement to the operating system coming in September, but really it's just another app, right? But it's something that they yeah. can bundle in to tvOS 11 or whatever number it's going to be when it ships in the fall. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they, they could be spun that way mm-hmm. as look how amazing this is going to be. And yes, Amazon's going to be there. We'll see. We'll see. Pick number four. Oh, it's getting tough already. It's getting tough already. I'm going to I'm going to kind of hedge a little bit with your previous first round pick of the redesigned split view and app picker for um iPad and throw in another iPad feature. Mm, I think you're picking my number 4 that seems obvious. Again, I think it's a little risky cuz you picked the clear best pick of what would be coming with multitasking improvements, which is a better app picker, because that app picker is so bad. But what I know you're picking is second best, I think. It is second best. That's why it's the fourth round pick and not a first pick. It's a value pick at four. Um, drag and drop support yep. across split view mm-hmm. um, in uh, on the iPad. That The idea that there will be uh, a way, and it'll be a message to developers, here's how you support it, and it'll be a way for you to grab a selection on one side of the split view and take your finger and slide it over and drop it in another container because that's part of multitasking. And you've got two apps on the screen. They should be able to transfer data back and forth without a laborious kind of copy-paste or putting it into a place in a file and then rem- and moving it in the- another file. There should be a... Uh, a nice way to get that data visually from left to right or right to left. Um, and maybe even to a slide over, which I was thinking would also be cool, is if you can drag and drop to the right, the slide over pops mm-hmm. open, you drop and you let go. That would be pretty cool too. But So I, I'm going to say drag and drop in some form in iOS between different apps. And I'm sure that you have, have played around with what Readle has done with their applications in the last That's week. That's a great... A great example, isn't it? So Readle, who creates Spark and Documents and PDF Expert, they create a bunch of great applications. They have implemented a form of drag and drop between their apps and Split View. It is kind of incredible that they have got it to work as well as it does. Like, you drag icons of files between the applications, and it works perfectly. It is almost as if Apple gave them uh, advanced access to a feature like it is perfect um and and they have done a fantastic job and it fills me with a lot of hope right like they made it work (laughs) there's a way to make it work and they made it work with bizarre like they're running local web servers in the background that are transferring data back and Mm -hmm. forth it's like it's it's also not only is it a demonstration of how nice it would be to have drag and drop in ios it's also a demonstration of why it should be a system level feature supported by the operating system because running local web servers is just uh bananas most definitely all right for my number four pick um, I'm going to go with uh, something that I think Apple might do to uh, maybe pander a little bit to a, a vocal 
minority potentially of developers and provide them with updates to professional Mac hardware. I think Apple have shown in the last six months that they really want to look like they are uh, supporting Macintosh professionals, right? They got they did that little roundtable. You said the right word that you said pander, and and people will say, well, what does Apple what what does Apple pander to in its keynotes? And the answer is, this is a developer yeah. keynote. Yep, this is the place where the pandering happens the most at an Apple keynote because they have an audience of developers. It's the developer conference, so they always try to have a message that even though it's got a broader reach, resonates with that developer audience. That's what gets the big applause in that audience. Um, And so I think going developer appeal with something and pandering to developers is a a good play in a keynote draft. So well done. What's what's the pick? MacBook Pro update of some description. (laughs) On stage, they will talk about that there is an update to the MacBook Pro. So it will probably just be chips. Right, they get a new chip revision, um, but but I believe of of all of the hardware that they may show off for pros, um, Macintosh pros, let's say, uh, MacBook Pro will be on on the top of that list because it's probably probably the easiest for them to do right now. Yeah, I mean th- there are rumors about it, and then people have poo pooed it. But uh, as we talked about last week, two weeks ago, nothing sends the message better to professional users that you've heard the complaints and you're taking it seriously than doing a less than one year update cycle on a on a brand new system so that you can drop in the latest and greatest intel processors right that just sends the message of we got yep. it we get it you yep. you want we know this you want updated this. faster here it is here it is. You, you know, we know that this only came out in October. We don't care. There are new processors. So here's a new, you know, update to the MacBook Pro. Get used to it. Every six months, there might be a new one, right? Like, I think that's yeah. a message that they want to send. Like, you waited for like two years, but now it's six months. Look, we can do this. We promised. Like, we're so sorry. We screwed up. <laughs> Never again. Yeah. All right. Pick number five, Jason Snell. Halfway there. Halfway there. All right. Um, I'm going back to the Mac again, which mm-hmm. seems crazy, but... It's uh, bold. There it- there, there it is. Well, follow me. They do have to talk about the <laughs> yeah, Mac. Yeah, yeah. They have to do something. Yeah, I get you. I mean, they, they can't just be like, the Mac is also a product in our product line. I guess they could do that, but they probably won't to the people who use, the developers who use Macs every day to write the software. So um, the Touch Bar came out last fall with the new MacBook Pros. It, it required an OS update to support this new concept of the Touch Bar. So in doing my kind of tea leaf reading, what I'm doing here is making a guess that now that we're going to have a full-on macOS update in the fall, let's assume that that could be a great pick if you want to pick it. Like, no, no major macOS update. It could happen, but probably won't. Um, I think this is their opportunity to advance the ball a little bit in terms of touch bar. I think it lets them tell a story about the touch bar, perhaps even in midstream with what you just picked, which is an update to the MacBook Pro, part of a Mac update and about the touch bar and people are loving it, they'll say they're loving it, (laughs) okay, Um, is expanded touch bar stuff in Mac OS. Mm -hmm. For, you know, my example, I mean, I think what my pick is going to be like technically is new touch bar features in Mac OS. But what I'm thinking of here is, for example, is the ability for third-party apps to 
put things in the touch bar, touch bar when they're not in the foreground. The idea that you can take, like the menu bar, you could take a utility and park a little thing in the control strip and let people have access to it anywhere. Basically, I'm expecting Apple to try and make the touch bar more functional. Like, here are even more ways you could use it that you couldn't use it before. Because, like so many of the other things we've said, if what they do is roll out the touch bar in its current form, which was limited and we were all kind of like okay but obviously this is going to grow and progress if then the next year they show no growth and progression what did they just do did they just abandon the touch bar they shipped it and forgot about it or are they going to put some more work into getting people on board now it's possible that this is a an ios multitasking thing where they ship it and then they walk away for two years instead of one um but i'm gonna pick it because i feel like it goes with some of the conversations about the MacBook Pro. It goes with some of the conversations about caring about the Mac. It's a new Mac feature, so it's an opportunity to improve it. So, yeah. So, I think something to improve the touch bar support in Mac OS, hopefully involving uh, things like the control strip and third parties. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think as well this is, a, this is a, a new piece of hardware that is going into the, the top-end laptop, the highest-end laptop, which isn't really getting a lot of focus. And and I think Apple probably don't want that to be the case, right? A lot of engineering time went into making this thing a reality. Um, it is, a, am sure, a significantly pricey component in the new MacBook Pros that they won't want to remove, right? That I, I don't think that the next <laughs> wow. full rever- revision of the MacBook Pro, I don't think they will want to take this away. So I think they will put even more time and effort into trying to make this a part of people's workflows, right? It would it would not be good for Apple to for the next MacBook Pro to go back to to hardware keys again. Well, that would be a big admission of failure, exactly. right? That would be that would be, and I don't feel like we're at the point yet no way, where the no market way. is mm-hmm. saying stop trying to make Touch Bar happen. Like we're not there yet, but we may get there. Yep. Um, and one of the ways you stave off getting there is by actually investing effort in making it better it's the exact same argument for the ipad right that we're saying yeah right you you put more into it before you let it go yeah why why are you even bothering with a touch bar if you're not going to work on it and make it make mm-hmm. it more functional and, and and give people more ability developers and users more ability to use it and and succeed with it right i mean why why even why why are you even trying if, you, if you're going to do a half half of an effort here why why even bother just you know, give up. So that's so I want to see forward progress on the touch bar because that that's a sign of Apple trying to make it work. So for my uh, for my fifth pick, I'm going to go with a similar thing, uh, but on iOS, and I'm going to go for improved 3D touch support across uh, iOS, probably mostly on the iPhone. Um, I think for a similar thing, 3D touch is maybe used more than the touch bar. Um, I think Apple like it. It is a hardware feature that they put into their devices. And I think that there is going to be even more um, functionality that will be given to the user via use of 3D touch. Like, for example, in iOS 10, we got the ability to force touch or 3D touch onto applications to get widgets to come up or to 3D touch on notifications to get additional actions. I think that we're going to see more of that. So there'll be more in iOS 11 on the iPhone that you will be able to get to via the use of 3D touch. Same same arguments apply, right? This mm-hmm. is a, This is a feature that exists. And what we want to do is see it taken further somehow. 
like make it make it go everywhere. Like last year, one of the nice things that they did was they added 3D Touch to notification or to a uh, control center, mm-hmm. which I love, right? And w- which when 3D Touch came out, we all said, "Why is this? Why are there parts of the system where I can't 3D Touch?" And the the danger there is that you stop 3D touching in places because you just assume you, you can't tell whether you're going to get a 3D Touch or not. So yeah, um, more. More 3D touch stuff, I think, is great. I think that's a, uh, the, you know, they're showing showing that it's going to keep rolling and that there's more to do and there's more ways to integrate it and we want people to use it even more and we want developers to embrace it even more, right? That's I think that's all part of the, the story there. So I, I like that pick. So we're halfway through now. I think we're Ooh. going strong. There's a lot left on the table, right? Like I'm looking at, at our list here and there's a lot of big ones that we've not gotten to yet. Like things yeah, that are I know. being heavily rumored that we're not getting to yet. I think to play the smart game uh, here, I'm, I'm liking this draft. It's coming together pretty nicely. Let's let's, uh, let's take a break. Thank our friends, a new sponsor for Upgrade. And that is Flow. Let me tell you what Flow is. Flow is simple project management for teams everywhere. And this is for teams, companies everywhere, and also companies that have people everywhere as well. Flow helps you run your company, your team, and your projects your way. It gives you a single space to stay on top of everything that's happening in your workplace. If you're having trouble managing a busy team or find yourself battling a flood of emails and notifications, struggling to keep up who's working on what, Flow is for you. It was designed for users, not just managers, by a world-class team who work with companies like Slack, Apple, TED, and Tumblr to help them get their work done. There are beautiful apps for the web, the desktop, iOS, and Android. Your team will be up and running with Flow in minutes with no training required no matter what platforms they use. And then Flow will let you and them run things yours and their way. Flow makes it easy to plan ahead, track projects from start to finish, and organize tasks as lists, cards, or on a calendar as well. And at a glance, you will get clear visibility into who's working on what and how projects are progressing. Flow is made by a team who are based all over the world and is designed for teams of all shapes and sizes. Wherever your people are, Flow gives them a space to collaborate and focus on the work that is important. And if you're used to using Slack, they have a great integration that lets you run your projects and create tasks right from in your Slack chat. Go to getflow.com slash upgrade. That's G-E-T-F-L-O-W dot com slash upgrade. And you can start your free trial today. And because you're a listener of this show, you will save 20% on a monthly plan or 30% on an annual subscription at checkout. Just sign up right now at getflow.com slash upgrade. And we thank Flow for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, Jason, we are into round six of the draft. I've refilled my... Uh, my- my teacup good idea go. good idea yeah all right round six it's uh it's just getting tougher out there i'm gonna go to something that i think you will really like mike and again if, if there's anything that um that you can see as a uh as a, a thread in my picks it's trying to imagine ways that apple is pushing the st- the the existing technologies that they've got forward a little bit more, especially new stuff. Like what's the what's step two is a lot of what I'm doing here. And that's a gamble because sometimes step two doesn't come right after step one. Instead there's like a gap. But uh and this one is a little bit of a it's a little bit of a wacky one, but I feel like we're gonna get something on stage in discussing iOS that talks about ways that Apple has has added features to the camera app 
to do new cool things mm. with the dual camera Oof. on the back of the iPhone 7 Plus. That's, that's a, that feels like a risky one to me. I would like to hear your thinking on this. Uh, well, my thinking is that they made this iPhone with two cameras on it, and I'm going to assume that all future iPhones are going to have two cameras on the back. And that they want to continue to push forward in terms of what they can do with those two cameras. That they want to continue adding features. And that last year they couldn't announce this as an iOS feature, right? Because there was no hardware. But now there's hardware. And one of the things I like about Apple is that sometimes when they make a product announcement, it's a stealth product announcement for a future hardware product. Like multitasking. It's like, this only runs on the iPad Air 2. Hmm. Well, what was happening was that the iPad Pro was coming. And so I, I think about that this way. That like if the... If, if the uh, iPhone 8, let's say, the much-rumored iPhone 8, and the 7S Plus, let's say, have dual-camera support, like, dual-camera is coming into the line more and more, and what does that mean? The answer is, well, it means we want to keep on pushing what the software can do with that hardware. And there's an existing dual-camera phone, so we can do that now, right? And 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 add features that take advantage of it. I don't know what those features are exactly, and I don't want to predict them. I just feel like there was they had one shot, they had a step one where they're like, yeah, we've got this um, focus effect that we can do. Yep. And it's in the fo- it, it's it's going to be in beta in the phone, and then you know, or it'll be there'll be an update that that supports it later, right? And then that's been what we've had. And I feel like there's a real opportunity there for them to have taken the last year to come up with other ways of uh, using that hardware that's going to be in future phones as well. So it's just kind of a gut feeling, and it is yeah. a little bit of a gamble, but I feel like it's a it's a place where they've made a real hardware commitment, like the Touch Bar, and the software sort of, they did their first software out the door to get the basic support for it, and now we've got the first full software cycle for them to do a, a better job of supporting it. So that's that's my rationale there. So I want to just right now go into a little bit of uh, clarification on this so we make sure that we, we cover our bases beforehand. Like I would say that for this to count, you can either look at uh, consumer features or developer features, right? Like developer access to the dual camera system in a new way would also count. I just wanted to like put that out there now yeah. right? so that we know what that is. Something new in the operating system in terms of, in terms of taking advantage of the dual cameras. Mm-hmm on the currently on the on the uh, 7 plus and this feels like phones. a perfect big slide fodder you know they put those big slides up with all the could little be. improvements feels like something that could live there for sure i tell you why i said initially said this was a risk and, and i still stand by that is this is also prime for the september event right to for them to add new features like supposedly because of the new phones. Yeah, I I just feel like I feel like um now that there's a a device with dual camera support, it mm-hmm. allows them to an- announce that being a feature of the right. core OS without having to give oh, why would there be dual camera support when you have no device with two cameras? Well, now they have a device with two cameras, so they can just do it. And everybody'll say, "Oh, this is great for people who have this uh the 7 plus." And and the truth is, yes, but it's also going to be great for the people who have the new phones. So, yeah, I could go either way on that, but I feel like uh, there's a good chance that they'll do it just because they they can they don't have to hide it from the operating system, right? There, there's work that goes into taking a feature and just like 
that that's only supported on new hardware. So you have to sequester it from the OS release and then and then drop it in later. And they don't need to sequester this because they already have a device with two cameras. For my sixth pick, I'm channeling my inner Snell. Oh yes, do it. I think that especially Craig Federighi, although I will not name him in my prediction, <laughs> will not be able to resist a Spinal Tap reference <laughs> to iOS going to 11. You sniped that for me. I was going to make that yep. my last pick, but uh, do it. It is. It is. We, we're going to assume it's iOS 11. We don't know what's going to happen with macOS, but we're going to assume it's iOS 11. And if that's the case, it would be awfully hard not to have a Spinal Tap reference somewhere in there. I I agree with you. I think that's a good pick. I do think it's risky, right? Risky. Because you're trying to predict a joke, basically, on stage. But if you're going to predict a joke for this entire keynote, it would be that one, right? I know, right? It goes to 11. It's got to be there. That's all they need to say, right? Like they could, yeah. You can brush over that, but you only say it goes to 11, if you're making a spinal if tap he, reference. If somebody says it goes to 11, uh, it's it's done, right? Because you wouldn't use that sentence, right? You wouldn't use no. that in the sentence. So. No, that's it. That's it. And if they do introduce a uh, uh, system-wide dark mode for iOS, then they could say, how much blacker could it be? And mm-hmm. the answer is none more black, but they probably won't. That would be awesome, though. There's many references here, and, and I think if anyone's going to do it, Federighi would do it. It's probably. But yeah, any 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 uh, direct uh, Spinal Tap reference made on stage, you get a point. And I, I, you know what? I will be happy regardless if you get one. <laughs> I know you will. You win no matter what happens for that. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Round number seven. Oh, boy. It just keeps getting harder, Mike. How could this be? I know. We have so many, but you, if you're playing to win, it makes it difficult. I'm going... Oh, man. All right, here we go. I'm going to do it. I am going to pick the mention of a forthcoming new Mac Pro. Ooh, this didn't even get on my short list, this one. Uh, uh, It's a gamble, but here's my thought. It's what we've said before when you uh, were talking about the MacBook Pro update in the fourth round it's the same kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's like one way to go here in front of these developers is to acknowledge what's been going on in some way and they already did the whole press thing about the mac pro so acknowledging that on stage in some way is what i'm picking here i'm not saying they will necessarily show a picture or reveal anything new about it that's not what i'm saying uh, the way we had it in our document is new information slash tease on the new Mac Pro. And that's really the, the key here is they may not have anything to share because this is a product that is at least six months away, right? Seven mm-hmm. months away. But with this audience, in the context of everything else they're doing, especially on the Mac side, I feel like it's not a bad chance that they're going to say, and of course, next year we'll have a great new Mac Pro for you as well because we know you want that. Applause, right? Yep, it was, and that's all it mm-hmm. needs to be. That's mm-hmm. all it needs oh, to be is the yep. acknowledgement that there is a new Mac Pro coming, like they said on stage in front of the the developer community as a part of this this story of their their recommitment to Mac professionals. So yeah. So the reason it wasn't make my list is because I'm I'm 
I feel that it's obviously more like, well, not obvious. I feel that it's more likely that they will have something to say for the MacBook Pro, and that they that if they do that, they don't need to talk about the Mac Pro, right? Because they've they've done all they need to do. But I agree with you that it is also very likely that it, they could just offhandedly mention, "Oh, we already told you about this. You know, this right. is coming. It's still on track." It would technically be the first time that an Apple executive has spoken publicly about the Mac Pro, I believe, right? Everything else has been in that little closed press session and relayed from them. Mm -hmm. And this would be like directly to developers who are, as Apple has said, right? When Apple talks about pro users, they themselves single out developers as pro users. Yeah. So this is their chance to talk to pro users. Um, It's also possible that they won't and they'll mention it in the afternoon session, which doesn't count. We don't get points for that. Uh, But I'm I'm willing to take the risk that it will get mentioned as a part of the context of Apple talking about its commitment to pro users, which I think it will do. All right. We're going to make, we're going to make round seven, a hardware pre-announcement round. Okay. Um, I'm going to go in round seven as a, the debut <laughs> or some initial information about a Siri speaker of some kind. So this would be a dedicated Siri box. This was my other choice for this round. I had them right next to each other and I was flipping a coin about which one I was going to go with. So the debut or or at least a, an announcement about the Siri speaker. Yeah, it's an acknowledgement that the product exists, right? Like that this isn't like, oh, they made like a sly reference that could mean this. It's like, no, this no. is Apple making a direct acknowledgement. They're announcing the product. Yep. <laughs> They may not ship it. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They're announcing it. Yeah, I don't think they are shipping it, right? But I think that this would be the beginning. Because there's only so far that they can take the Siri stuff without having to address that this product exists. And if they right. want this product to be out of the gate whenever it ships, ready to support third-party applications, they have to do what Apple has done multiple times and that they give a, a preview of this product in advance. You know, like, Apple do not show products early if it is replacing an existing product, but they do show products early if it's a new world that they're getting into that they haven't done before. They did it with the iPhone, they did it with the iPad, they did it with the watch, and I think that they will do it with the Siri speaker. Like I said, I almost picked this in this round. My hesitation is only, I, I mean, I wrote a whole piece of Apple fan fiction, basically, imagining this this launch, so it makes perfect sense to me. It's new Apple hardware, and I do have those thoughts of they could also hold off on announcing this product and just extol the virtues of Siri and move on and announce it later. And so it just gives me pause. It could get its own event between now and September even. Yeah. And the the iPad Pro, it's the same thing I said about the iPad Pro, which is any brand new hardware announcement at WWDC, it gives me a little bit of pause because it's a gamble. Um, Then again... I almost picked it and would probably have picked it in the next round. So I think there's a good chance of it happening. It is a little bit risky. I think making it part of a larger conversation about how important Siri is everywhere on all of Apple's platforms, including this new one, and how developers can be involved in in uh, in developing using SiriKit, great, right? I mean, I can totally see that happening if that's something that they could make happen. And this would be a part of it. So I think it's... I, I, this is a product I wanted for a couple of years, so mm-hmm. I hope it happens. And again, perhaps my Apple's not going to give me what I want feelings are getting in my way there. But I think that's a good pick. Round eight. <sighs> um, let's say this. Let's go to watchOS. Ooh, okay. Wait, have we talked about the watch before? 
We're not in this. Uh, I don't think we draft. have. The, the watch has not All come right. up yet. So I, I was racking my brain trying to think about like what features are on the watchOS platform could be part of a new watchOS version. And and there may not be a new watchOS version, but let's say that there is because Apple likes to do that every year. And we're, and Apple's last version was so huge and really kind of revised the watchOS to be way better than it was in the first iteration. Where do they go from here? And so I'm going to make this pick that was in our doc that I think you actually came up with this concept, but I think it's the right one and it's just vague enough for me to pick it. I think you're picking my round eight pick too. <laughs> and cover it. Oh, is it. This is why drafts are great, Mike, is uh-huh. you snipe other people's picks. You did to me, now I'm doing it right back to you. I'm going to predict that Apple will announce as a part of watchOS a new health-focused watch app from Apple that will be part of watchOS. What will it do? What part of health will it be focused on? Doesn't matter. I don't know, but they're going to lean into the health thing and say, we invented this whole new thing that'll monitor your eye blinks or your sleep or the size of your toenails or whatever. I don't know what it's going to be or meditation, meditation in some way, or I don't know. Again, I don't know, but I feel like it's a pretty good bet that when they're making a pitch for a new version of watch OS, that one of the things they do is we have this whole new health app that we've, uh, whole, you know, health based something that we've added to watch OS because health is a huge focus for them. So I feel like that's a, uh, not the most exciting and it's a little bit obvious, but also I feel like, uh, it's it's got a good chance of happening. It's the easy thing to do um, for for watchOS is to add these apps. I mean, if I was going to put money on it, and this was a this was another pick in the document, but I don't think either of us are going to go for it now. Um, sleep tracking. I reckon that will be what they do. That that sleep tracking could be, um, and and the rationale there is that the watch series two. It has enough battery that you can sleep with it and then when you take a shower you charge it yep. and you can get through your day right we've seen that david smith has <laughs> proven that to be the case we can see it it can happen um it also augurs perhaps for a future apple watch that that is forthcoming that has even better battery life that uh they again they like to do that but they don't need to do that they could they can release that feature now and make it plausibly about the Series 2, even if they do have some other product coming that would do a better job of it. All right, for number eight, I'm going to go with uh, a similar similar, similar vein, right? Like if we're imagining what could they add to tvOS, mm-hmm. um, and this is in a similar vein to some of your other picks earlier, like what features exist on other platforms that should naturally extend to this platform? And so for tvOS, I will say picture-in-picture. Um, as something that could mm. could appear on the system. I mean, tvOS is all about video. It's all about watching video. And uh, it's the only Apple platform that doesn't have a picture-in-picture, right? iOS has it on the iPad. macOS has it, um, but we don't have it on tvOS. Yeah, you're watching a video... And you go back into the UI, and it goes, "Okay, I got. I got. Best. I guess I better stop that video from playing." Like, really? Do, it's not always what that. you want to happen, right? Not always what you want. And there are ways I could see it, right? This picture in picture could be two side by side streams, or it could be like how it pops down into the corner, like we see on uh, on 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 uh, iOS or on the Mac. But uh, picture in picture is something that exists on televisions, right? Like it is a thing that you can do, and, and it, I think that TVOS is lacking this feature right now. Mm. Um, I imagine sports is a is a big 
is a big win for this, right? I think a lot of people do that with with sport games. They'll they'll watch maybe two side by side. Yeah, and apps can support that now. But the idea, I think um, when Joe Steele wrote about this in his blog, he was also especially thinking of the ability to do picture-in-picture where you're navigating through the interface while a video is playing. And, uh, And you can't do that on Apple TV. You can't hit the menu button and have the video keep playing while you go looking around for something else, which like if you've got a live TV service or something, I do that all the time on my TiVo. My TiVo has this feature where when I'm in the menu... I can have the video still playing. I don't lose what I'm watching while I'm looking to set a recording or download something or open an app, right? I, I don't lose that while I'm in those menus. And on tvOS, it is a unitasker. When you're out of an app, it's gone. So I could see this. Um, my faith in Apple to support a feature like this is low. I, I don't think this is going to happen, but um, but it's not a bad wish list item. So we will see. All right, pick nine. Well, the easiest way to describe Pick 9 for me is a Hoy computer. Because what I'm picking is a new feature, another new feature in Siri for Mac, which is the ability to trigger it by voice. Hmm. Again, a little outlandish. Apple explained last fall why they, uh, and last summer, why they thought you didn't need to trigger Siri on a Mac because you could hold down a keyboard shortcut to do it. And I think about that every time I try to remember what the keyboard shortcut is for Siri on my Mac. Is it Command-Shift? Is it Option-Shift? Is it Command-Shift-Option-Space? I just... And seriously, I have so many spacebar-related shortcuts that I, I forget which one is Siri. And I got... My computer's got a microphone. I've got an extra microphone here for podcasting, too. It's like, again, the interaction everywhere else is Ahoy Telephone. So why not on the Mac? So I think it's worth throwing it in as a another, again, another Mac OS feature that syncs it up to other Apple platforms. I'm struggling for number nine. I don't know whether to go hardware or software. I have a lot of hardware stuff left in my draft list, like my, my, uh, my, uh, my pre-pick list, right? Of things that I think are the most likely to happen. But I feel yeah. like I'm leaning too much on hardware for this. So I think I'm going to I'm going to move away from it. And I'm I'm going to go with something that I feel like will happen one day and this could be the day. And there have been some things um that have led to me thinking this, some some PR changes, some marketing changes that have have led to me thinking this. And it is that my pick number 9 is that we may finally see the breakup of iTunes. Ooh, again, there's some wish casting going on there, but... I know. But more than other years, there is at least a signal for it, which is that the podcasts team, the podcast group, is no longer called iTunes Podcasts. It's now called Apple Podcasts, which is how it's called on iOS. So they could purely have just renamed it because the, the percentages for listening and browsing on iOS to the Mac have shifted so significantly over time that there's no point tying it to iTunes anymore. But there, this also could be the time to break it up. I mean, Apple Music is a thing. I, I expect quite a lot of people listen to Apple Music on their Mac, and, and it might be a time to, to break Apple Music outside of iTunes. And the iTunes could still exist, but some of the stuff that it lives in iTunes today could get moved out. And this is one of those things where it feels like this would take pretty significant engineering, but could be something that you put 
people that work on the Macintosh and macOS on when there are less less new new features to put into macOS. So this could be one of those things. It's like everyone's wanted it for a while, but they haven't taken some time with it, and now they're deciding to do it because it would be something that I think a lot of people want and could could help Apple with with how the macOS continues to get pushed. I wish for it to happen. It would be a great thing for the Mac if the banner feature of the next version of macOS was um, was a new music Apple. Like I'm an Apple Music subscriber, and I listen on my Mac. I would really love a better music app that is focused on music than the one that I've got, which is this kind of shambling mess that is iTunes. So great. Uh, I hope it happens. It should have happened a long time ago. It syncs up with the other platforms, which is a constant uh, theme with Apple. The only problem is that they've had a lot of opportunity to sync it up and on the Mac, and they haven't bothered. Mm-hmm. So will they bother now? I hope they will. I hope they will. I don't know. Jason Snow. Your 10th and final pick for the WWDC 2017 draft. Oh, it's so hard, Mike. It's so hard it really yeah. to, to, to choose these, these lower level ones. I got a bunch that I could choose. I was going to go with the wacky one of the Spinal Tap reference, but you took that one from me. I've got a, I've got a wish casting one that I could throw out there and would be fun, but it's probably not going to happen, so it loses me a point. What to do, what to do. Um jeez. Let's Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm okay. gonna do it. Here we here we go. It wasn't even on my list, but I'm gonna put it in, in here anyway. Because I want it to happen. And it this is the time for it to happen. If it doesn't happen now, I think it's never gonna happen. So I'm gonna double down on your spinal tap reference, Mike. Oh, Okay. And I'm going to predict that this fall is all about 11, iOS 11, macOS 11. And they move in lockstep from here. Goodbye. We said goodbye to the X. Now it's time to say goodbye to OS 10 and move on because now the name of it is not OS 10. The name of it is macOS. And that frees it from version 10. This would also mean goodbye to California place names. Again, is it going to happen? Probably not, but I want it to happen. I think it would be cool. And then going forward, instead of having, well, one, most of our operating systems are numbers, and then there's this weird one that is the name of a place. This could be the year. This is their last chance in some ways, right? Unless they want to be totally out of sync with iOS to just move them in lockstep and say, this year, it's iOS 11, macOS 11, we're done. Yeah, if macOS is ever going to get the 11 number, this, this is the is time it. it would get it. Otherwise, why ever bother? Otherwise, it will be version ten point whatever for literally forever. Yeah. This is this is the last chance for this to happen, and so I'm going to pick it. I don't know if I really think it'll happen, but I don't think it is any less likely than any of the other things that I had here that I was going to pick. And so I'm going to pick it just because I'm the guy who keeps writing about how they should get rid of the X and they should call it eleven and they should get off this ten point X train and leave it behind. And I'm going to just go with that i'm be, i'm gonna be myself here i'm gonna be that person who cares about this thing that nobody cares about and pick it you have given me the ability to pick my wild card Ooh. something that i've been that i will continue to pick probably every year until it happens because i believe <laughs> one year it will it's happen. the red baron curse your red baron you'll get him eventually <laughs> 
Xcode for iPad. Oh, you see, that was on my list of things was um, some improvement in developing software on the iPad because that's a WWDC event if, if, the, if there ever was one. And we got Swift Playgrounds last year. So do you want to say Xcode for iPad? I'll actually give ability to develop apps on iPad to you what about what about uh ipad development tools enhanced ipad development tools enhanced ipad development tools we'll go with that i'll give you that in case they don't call it xcode right <laughs> i don't right i don't want to cut co- it to cover improvements to swift playgrounds nope. for learning i want it to be that you, you that what you're saying is uh developers will be able to make some kind of app like real app on an ipad that's what that's what I'm going with. Okay, just to be clear, we can play this tape back. Yeah, when we when they announce something that's right in the gray area here, we can play this tape back. That that this what you're meaning is you could theoretically develop an app and submit it to the App Store from the iPad. So it's difficult for me to go that far, right? Like, let me see if I can try and give it a, a different framing slightly. Okay, that this is the beginning of professional development for Apple's App Store on the iPad. I don't know if they would go from 0 to 100, right, that you would be able to straight up submit to the App Store from this. So would this be more like you could sync you could you could work on your code? Yeah, that maybe uh, your you could iOS take a code on an iPad from your yeah. Mac and back, but you still need to like build on the Mac. So like this isn't Swift Playgrounds, this isn't education. Okay. This is people taking their development work away but it's like it all is right so a, it's 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 tool it's ipad tools for developers there we go not education whether or not you can build a final app it's it's moving in that direction yeah. ipad development tools and the differentiator is it's not sold as an not sold as an education tool it's sold as a no this is actually for real developers i'm gonna call it ipad development tools jason great i feel like it's gonna happen eventually and again right so it absolutely is let's imagine that this is the wwdc that i want this is the right one to do it. Like if this is one where they have a new iPad Pro and they take the the next big step in iOS for the iPad, this is another great way to sell this platform to the people in the audience. Be like, we want you to make apps for this and now you can make apps for this on this. Right? It's like it is obviously they will use far better words than that. But that's the kind of that's the story in my mind that I hope that Apple tell one day, right? Like we have made this product so much better and we believe in it so much you can now do your your work on it. It is a professional tool for yeah. you now, not just creative people, right? Not just artists. And- it would be a great part of the story. The only from a messaging standpoint, totally I totally follow you. The challenge is, of course, can they do it? Yeah. Are they I ready know. to do that? Yeah, I don't know. Not, yeah, I don't know either. But I feel like one day, one day it's it's extremely likely, very very likely, more likely than not that they will one day do this. I put this in the same category as a lot of the stuff that I talked about about the iPad, which is at some point, why do you have the iPad? Like if the if the end goal of the iPad is not to be a professional tool, <laughs> why do you even have the iPad Pro? Why are you you know? At some point, Apple needs to either say yes the future is the ipad which they've been saying the future is the ipad and that includes for professionals and the mac is essentially like it's still there and people love it and it'll still be there but we are doing this thing with the ipad if they don't have development tools are never coming to the ipad then the ipad will never be a replacement for the mac Mm -hmm. in any way at which point i could argue 
at some point you're just going to have to give up. Because I guess it could be argued that a maturity point for a computing device is that applications for itself can be developed on it, right? Like yes. that is a mark of maturity for, for a platform. And if Apple always intends for the iPad software to be made on a Mac, it's not, it's never going to be the future of computing, right? Because it's always going to yeah. be held or chained or in lockstep in some way to another platform. And, and I would argue you know, the Mac is being limited by the fact that the iPad exists because Apple believes the iPad is the future. And so the Mac is being kept in its in its existing state and not being morphed and changed and turned into something stranger with touch and all those things like what Microsoft is doing with Windows, right? And Microsoft has to do that. They don't have a successful mobile operating system. So they are transmogrifying Windows into something different. Apple's not doing that with the Mac. And one of the reasons it's not doing that with the Mac is because it's got iOS to do that. But if it doesn't do that with iOS either... <laughs> then what is it doing? And what what is what is the strategy there? I, I I have a hard time. I feel like I feel like this is a challenge of Apple. This is one of their supreme challenges right now. Is thinking of the future and how they get their products there. And uh, and the risk is that they will do a little bit on the Mac and a little bit on the iPad and focus most of the energy on the iPhone, which is where the money is. And that's fine, except it does lead to a point where maybe all you have is the iPhone. All right, Jason, we did it. Woo. We did. We did. We've got our draft. It's set, so you will be able to play along with us <sighs> next Monday on June the fifth, along with the keynote. You will be able to play along. There is a link in the show notes to our scorecard, so you'll be able to to pull this up on your device. You can print it out, whatever you want to do, and you can tick off and score with us. And then next week on the show. We will be talking about what Apple has done at WWDC, and we will be talking about who the winner is to the second annual Upgrade WWDC Draft. Now, I know that we both had longer lists, right, than our 10. So I want to take a break, and then I want to come back and talk about some things, some potential other things that we thought could happen, but didn't make our top 10 here. Take a moment to thank Mac Walden, for supporting this week's show. They make the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you'll ever wear. And as I ramp up for a long-haul flight, I think this might be the single longest flight I have ever taken, 11 hours. (sighs) I am extremely excited and pleased that I will be able to deck myself out in Mack Weldon gear, as I do. And I I will get all of my Mack Weldon clothing ready. Are you going direct? Direct. Have you never gone direct to the West Coast before? I have, but it's. I don't think that San Francisco takes 11 hours. I think it was around 10. All right. So, yeah, so I believe, I believe that this is either... Yeah, it's a little the, further south. Well... It's the champion. Whatever it is, it's a long flight. Whether it's the longest long, I've taken it or not, it's a long old flight. 11 okay. hours takes a long time. And when I'm sitting on that plane for 11 hours, I want to be wearing my Mac Walden socks my Mac Walden underwear and my Mac Walden sweatpants because I'm going to be comfortable. I'm going to be comfortable because Mac Walden's clothes are made with premium fabrics. They put meticulous attention to detail with them. And that is why their, their undershirts stay tucked, their socks stay up, and their waistbands don't roll. Premium cotton blended with natural fibers is what makes up all of this clothing. Mac Walden have a fantastic website as well, which I have used. You go in there and you can get things very quickly. You just go in, you choose what you want. They add discounts the more that you buy and you see that along the top of the website so you know you're going to get a great deal. They don't want to waste your time. You get in and out as quickly as possible and they will mail you 
your lovely new clothing. And if for whatever reason you don't like it, you can send it back to them and you'll get a refund. Mac Weldon want you to be comfortable and if you don't like what they send you, just send it back. They'll refund you, no questions asked. Mac Weldon's clothing, their underwear, their socks and their shirts, they look good and they perform well. And for me, it is the only choice for me when I'm traveling now. Mac Weldon all the way. Listeners of this show can get 20% off at MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com with the code UPGRADE. Thank you so much to Mac Weldon for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Jason, did you have anything else on your list uh, that, that you didn't get to talk about? Oh, boy. I did. I did. Um, one of the ones that I thought about doing at the end that was kind of wacky is augmented reality mm. on iPhone. Mm-hmm. And the idea there is not that they would announce any augmented reality hardware, but they would start getting us used to the idea of augmented reality features built into the operating system. This is similar to like the Google Lens stuff that we saw at Google I.O. a couple weeks ago. So the idea of you hold up your phone and you get a, you know, it recognizes things that it's looking at, or you get a heads-up display of some kind. It's that kind of a feature that would be currently built into the existing camera app, probably and uh, do automatic things. If you think about, like, if you ever scanned a uh, an iTunes gift card, right? And it, like, it not- notes that the card is in frame and reads the numbers and turns them into numbers and letters on the screen and then animates and stuff happens, right? It's recognized the content of the photo, gotten what it wants, and it does a little whizzy thing to tell you it's, it's scanned it. Um, that sort of behavior in the base operating system as a way to get people used to the idea that Apple is working on a bunch of image recognition technology, whether it's street signs or being able to pull up Yelp reviews based on pointing at a, the name of a restaurant and a, when you're on the street, or I don't know what the demo would be, um, but some kind of augmented reality thing. So that was that was on my list as one that I almost picked at the end. Again, it's a kind of a shot in the dark, but if they truly are researching AR and VR stuff, one way to get it out there sooner and test the technology is to put it in your iPhone. I struggled this year to think of iPhone-focused iOS features, like specific iPhone features. This was one of the ones that I was thinking of as well because... Apple has spoken about it. Tim Cook talks about it. They talk about the virtues of AR over VR. Um, and I think they were very excited by Pokemon Go. And I think that really continued to spearhead inside of Apple the idea of AR because it's something that can be in the devices. It doesn't lock us off from the world. I think that is a, a world that they are going to, whether we see it at WWDC this year, next year, or in an iPhone event at some point. I also agree with you. Like I think this is something that, that seems very likely. Cool. The other one that I had on my list that was in the queue to possibly be picked was the MacBook Air update. Yep. What about the MacBook? Just the MacBook Air? Well, so I was going to pick the MacBook Air update because I feel like that kind of makes sense to me, this rumor that there's just going to be a speed bump to the MacBook Air, that they're not going to stop selling it because it's $999 and they want to have a laptop at $999. It sells well. And the least they could do is just put in the new Intel processors so it's not two-year-old processors and keep selling it for $999. And uh, I think that is realistic as a prediction. I don't believe it's realistic that they will trumpet it on stage. That feels like the MacBook Air in general, like a product that exists, but Apple doesn't acknowledge. 
And yep. so I didn't pick it for that reason. The MacBook, I thought about picking as well, a, a, a revised MacBook. That's also one of those things where I think if they if they truly revise the MacBook, I mean, they could give it a speed bump, but it's not a pro product. So giving a MacBook a speed bump of, you know, it's a faster M3 processor on stage, I don't think... They, there's a great likelihood that they would just do that. And if they're going to really do like changes to the MacBook, I feel like that's a different event. Again, it's not a pro product. They could do that at some other event later this year uh, or even with press release if, if it came to that. So the, the, it, it seemed less plausible to me that this would be a uh, you know detailed on stage at the WWDC keynote kind of thing. doesn't mean it won't happen, but it seemed lower probability to me. The MacBook Pro seemed the one that was the highest as you and you picked it because of that because it speaks to that audience yeah yeah i i was struggling to think about the the max like the other two max uh, they were in my list but i wasn't sure about them because i feel like over the 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 other hardware that we mentioned or the professional focused stuff that we mentioned um i believed that they could just put the macbook and the macbook air on the website right that they could actually do it but they could just put it on the website, right? Just with the new badge, right? It's not necessary to, to have those in there for this time. Um, I also kind of went with two software features as well. Um, some maybe revised file structure for iOS in some way, right? That we, uh, we there could be some kind of finder or some kind of new iCloud drive application in some way, right? That, that could... Uh, yeah, that was that was the you know, and Federico did the a, an app called Finder, and people. I, I saw a bunch of people saying, "Oh, uh, this old, making it like the old Mac is not the right way to go." It's like, well, they totally missed the, uh, they totally missed it, right? The idea there is just give us an app, uh, and let that be a way in. I mean, iCloud Drive is already that app. There's already an iCloud Drive app, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's hidden by default, and then it, it says, would you like the iCloud Drive app? At which point, you're browsing your iCloud Drive, which is synced locally. It would not take a lot for that to become a Drive app, or just call it iCloud Drive, but also have it have access to other storage uh, things that you add, like Dropbox, or an inserted hard drive, yep. or memory card, or something like that. Like They could do that, and it's then it's, fi- yeah, it's file management, but it's file management that is in an iPad-style interface, or an iOS kind of interface and metaphor and it's accessible from everywhere from all apps i think it's if you're making pro products you need something like that it's not a give up and if you think it's a give up they already gave up because icloud drive is already that like with ios 9 maybe i don't even think it was last year was it was it last year or two years ago when they basically said and this was like one of those last steve jobs scott forstall things that i think crumbled which was all right yeah icloud drive you can just browse it like we give up we they already gave up they already relented so now the idea is spread that so it reaches other storage devices and uh and let everybody have access to it uh and lots of people won't need it but if you're moving files around and we still need to do that uh in in a way that is not the way that uh the old ios way of of handling it being able to do that would be great so we will see we'll see how we did We'll we'll see, yeah. I mean, that's the uh, I had I put Mac Mini update in our list of things that we could have picked. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, <laughs> like with a MacBook Air, they could they could do a Mac Mini update. Are they going to mention it on stage? Yeah, no, probably not. <laughs> no, no. All right, Jason, I have a couple of uh, hashtag Ask Upgrade questions. Yeah, these are like WWDC themed mm-hmm. Ask Upgrade questions. 
Liam asks, do you think that iOS 11 could allow for two instances of the same application to be open in split view? You know, uh, Safari kind of does that now, mm-hmm. right? And it's an interesting proof of concept. I I think it's more likely that Apple would extend the what they did with Safari and make that an option for app developers. Whether it's technically a second instance or whether it's just a way for app developers to more easily um, support split view within their app. Um, but I'd love to see it. I'd love to see that be a, a tool that Apple gives to everybody to make it easier for them to say, yeah, I'm using Microsoft Word. I want two docs side by side. I do this with Google Docs all the time. I would love to be able yeah. to have two Google Docs side by side, but I can't. You know, this could just be the idea of tabbed interfaces in some way. Um, I think that would be really interesting to see, and I hope that they would. I use this Safari thing a lot, a lot, and it's very useful when I'm posting podcasts from iOS, actually, I've got, um, or, or blog posts. I've got the CMS open on the, on, on one side of the screen and I've got a webpage open on the other, either that I'm previewing or that I'm pulling links from, cause I want to link to an article somewhere. Um, I do that all the time and it's really useful. And then I get another apps and I think, can I do this here? And I can't. So I would love to see that. And Brent asked, do you think Apple would make another week before WWDC announcement this year? And if so, what could it be? So cast your mind back to last year. <laughs> hi, hi, everybody who's listening to this. Have they? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, they may have done what we're recording. Um, but last year, you remember that Apple made a, a big announcement before that they were changing some of the App Store business pricing stuff, right? So they were changing, right. adding subscriptions and changing the percentages for people that had long uh, renewing subscriptions and stuff like that. I believe that if Apple have a thing that they want to talk about, which is of that ilk, they'll do it again, and they'll probably do it yep. tomorrow as we record this. I, I think somebody lost a point last year because they announced it beforehand and then didn't mention it in the keynote. Yeah, I think it was me. <laughs> I think it was yeah. me. I, I would go further and say, I think if you've got um, a bunch of speed bumps to max and you're not going to have room for them in the keynote, you might even announce those because then people will go in with a good vibe mm-hmm. and... Uh, you, you're taking advantage of the pre-event buzz by feeding it some actual information. I think it's not a bad strategy to get it out out front. If you've got stuff you know that you're ditching from the keynote rundown, because Apple's very disciplined about those keynotes. They don't run over, and they throw stuff out as they go. And I've talked to people who've worked on them, and they'll say, yep, the first draft of that had 300 slides, and it timed in at three and a half hours, and guess what happened? They cut an hour and a half out, and they pulled out a bunch of stuff, and they didn't announce some products on stage. And so if you're going to do that, and you know now that you're already going to not bother with that MacBook Air and MacBook Pro speed bump, you're not going to call it out because you just don't have time. Maybe a press release on Tuesday, the 30th, would be a way to do it. So it wouldn't surprise me. It's not a bad approach, I think, especially, and if there's something controversial, like you said, something that Mm -hmm. people are going to be discussing and chewing over and all that, let them do it before they show up and don't make it overshadow your, um, your event. All the good stuff. Yeah. All right. So a couple of notes about WWDC next week. So we're both going to be in town. I'm going to be there all week. I believe you're going to be there for a portion of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, I I have a hotel for a couple of nights, but I can also drive down there. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the beauty of it is that I'll definitely be there all day Monday and Tuesday, and then I'm leaving myself open to come back other days if there's stuff going on. 
Uh, so yeah, I'll be around. So if you see Vimeo Jason in and around San Jose, please come over and say hi. We'd love to to know what you're excited about from the week. We'd love to talk to the upgradians. Um, we uh-huh. may we may have stickers. We may have stickers. And we I want we may. I want to give everybody a reminder um, that you know we spoke about this last time that the Relay FM meetup that we're hosting in the in the Quilt and Textiles Museum has been sold out for a while. But we've teamed up with the App Camp for Girls benefit, which is happening on June seventh at seven p.m. at the City National Civic. Um, they're hosting a big event there to benefit App Camp for Girls, and we're going to be having a Relay FM meetup inside of that event. So if you want to come and right. say hi please get a ticket. You'll also be supporting a great cause um, and you can come and come and hang out. And that's my plan is to be, is to be there at that event. I'm not a hundred percent on that because I don't have a hotel room. So I've got to drive down on Wednesday, but my plan is to drive down on Wednesday and go to that event. Awesome. So you'll be able to, you'll be able to see me and if you have a Relay FM hosts and maybe, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even a wild snail as well may appear. It could be, it could be. All right. So here we go, Jason. Here we go. I know. This is the beginning of a few very exciting weeks. I do feel I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I'm excited Uh to San Jose because that's going to be a big change. I'm excited to see what Apple's been up to. Um, We spoke about this a bunch, right? They have been quiet. And could that quiet mean huge WWDC? We'll see. It could. And and even if it's not huge in the surprising ways, the fact is, and this is something that this is a good way to end this episode. Let's keep in mind. This is where Apple sets where it's going. This is for the, the next, next year. year. This this is this is the start. I think you said this last time. This is the start of Apple's year. What we're looking at is where the platforms are all going this fall. We're going to spend the whole summer digging through what's new, looking at the betas and all of that. But yep. come fall, this is the stuff that gets deployed to everybody's devices. These are the features we're going to be using. This is Apple setting the table for discussion. This is the big thing because the platforms you know the hardware is important new hardware is always important people get excited about it but underlying all of it are these are, are the software platforms the operating systems uh the 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 whole interaction across the ecosystem and that all starts with this event and the developers who are listening to what's at this event who write your third-party software that you like the stuff that's outside of apple it also starts so it's all really kicking off next week so happy new year time to get excited and uh we'll be back on monday a few hours later than we normally record because if we recorded at the normal time i would literally be recording while waiting in line to go in to the keynote seems like a great time we will be in person (laughs) yet again yet again to do an upgrade all right. If you want to find our show notes for this week, including where you'll be able to download your scorecard, go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 143. If you want to find Jason online, he's on Twitter. He's at Jasonell, J-S-N-E-L-L. Uh, Jason, will you be providing live coverage of the event? And if so, where should people follow along with that? In some form, Six Colors Event is the Twitter account that will probably have a bunch of, uh, a bunch of stuff on it and at sixcolors.com, of course. Um, you can find me online. I'll be at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. So here we go. We'll see you next time, everybody. Say goodbye, Jason Snow. Ahoy, computer. Ahoy, computer.